Hello, everybody. This is the Chocolate News Podcast, and this week's podcast is sponsored by the Council on Aging. This is your co-host, John Alexander Reese. And your co-host, Andrea Carter. And if you didn't know, the Cincinnati Herald has been around since 1955 and is the leading African-American-owned newspaper in the greater Cincinnati area and northern Kentucky area. And today we have our special guests with us. Uh, We have Tiffany Kelly, administrator at the Kelly Youth Services. How are you doing today, Tiffany? I am great. Thanks for having me. No problem. And we also have the founder, CEO, and president of the Kelly Youth Services, Joe Kelly. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing well, man. I appreciate you guys having us on and allowing us to share a little small platform uh, explaining what we do here at the Kelly Service and what we have going on. So we appreciate the invite. Yeah, no problem at all. Now, before we head into our main topic, we are going to get into some good old chocolate news topics. So, Andrea, what is the chocolate news for this week? Well, it, it you know, coming off of the Thanksgiving holiday, I hope everyone had a wonderful Thanksgiving, got well rested. But unfortunately, Cincinnati entered the Thanksgiving holiday season with um, a few deaths of some local icons. The biggest one, well, I should say the first one, is Dr. Odell Owen. He has been a figure within the Cincinnati community for several decades. He was a fertility expert, then he became the coroner. He was a um, teacher when he became president of Cincinnati State Community College, and then became president of Interact for Health. And um, throughout all of that, He worked hard to help people, whether it's with first with fertility issues, then it's about teaching people and uplifting our young people out of disparity. Um, He was a figure that was larger than life, very well loved by the Cincinnati community. And he was very frank and very tough talking to people. And um, he knew how to navigate the waters and get what he needed done. And so he's going to be very, very, very well missed. Um, He is going to be um, buried Um, this week. There will be a private funeral. No, I should say there will be a wake held on Friday, December 2nd for the public at North at New um, at Corinthian Baptist Church in Bond Hill off of Tennessee from 10 to 12. And then there will be a private funeral for the family. So it's um, a very troubling time, traumatic time for the family. So we just wish them well. Also, along with um, Odell dying, um, Kathy Wilson, who um, is, people would know her as the Negro tour guide, that column that was first appeared in City Beat, then later turned into a book and then turned into a play. She was also a commentator for the National Public Radio, All Things Considered for a minute. And um, she first wrote the play, the play in 2007, and then recently she updated it and Ensemble Theater um, just this year presented it with the updated version, which, you know, it featured her wit, her style, her frankness, and her no-hope-bars. No one could hide from her and her wit and her truthfulness. So we're starting to see both of these icons go and they'll be very well missed but in other news with the chocolate world um a very interesting thing happened yesterday in the world cup the united states beat iran 
out of the way. And, you know, totally unexpected. In fact, they were the underdogs because we're never known to beat anybody or play well like that. And I mean, it was so exciting that there's a video on Instagram of President Joe Biden. He's attending an event in Michigan and his deputy chief taps him on the shoulders and says, we won. And next thing you know, Joe Biden is heading for the stage and the microphone and announces it to everybody. He said, can you believe it? We won. USA beat Iran. And everyone started going, USA, USA, you know how we do. Um, So, you know, national pride right now in the World Cup because we got a shot um, of, you know, at least being one of the finalists in the World Cups of whatever level this is. Um, But, you know, it's very exciting that soccer is very well liked amongst our young people in the country and it's slowly coming you know we now have a stadium built in Cincinnati and we have a team SC Cincinnati so this is something to aspire to that maybe one day Cincinnati will host the World Cup in in our town or at least a quarterfinal so yeah and um also it's usually the women's uh the U.S. women's soccer who uh gets all the attention so it's kind of um interesting that the uh men's soccer is kind of um you know, you know what you, you are right about that the men's you never hear about the men's soccer yeah i mean you have to admit they look great and and all soccer athletes look great in their uniforms i'm <laughs> gonna say that right now so you know gotta come out there i like watching sports for a reason like any man likes watching sports the cheerleaders on the side so <laughs> but you know the the fact that they're able to run for that entire period of playing soccer and moving the ball down the load and the, the strategy and how they move the ball or kick the ball and get it back. And, you know, it's just, it's just amazing how they operate that field to get that ball where they want it to go and the teamwork that they showcase. You know, I admire any soccer team because of the teamwork involved to get move that ball and get it into the field goal. So congratulations, USA fantastic we'll see what you do next um as the world cup contest continues yeah next um elian musk i i don't know what he's doing with twitter uh elon musk yeah elon well or or does he pronounce it elian musk no it's elon musk i just i'm being mean so (laughs) Uh, i'm i'm sorry but i mean it's he worries me. I mean, Twitter has been a fascinating product and everything else. And now it's turning into something. I don't know what. And the latest twist is that he is going to no longer enforce the policy against the misinformation regarding COVID-19. And I think we saw this coming with he's allowing people who have been banned on Twitter before to come back on. I think this sort of shows who this man is, what he thinks of the world and where the world should be and go. And I think that's sort of sad that you want to um, allow misinformation to spread and have people believe this stuff when, you know, your person's health is on the line and COVID is nothing to mess with. You know, I've been very lucky so far. I've gotten it once. I have all the vaccine vaccines you know and um i'm just it really truly when it comes to health i don't play 
Yeah. And um, I and I think that there should be more. Um, he should take more responsibility and make sure the truth is being told about the health because he has the money to make sure that he gets very good health benefits and to be able to allow other people to present information to deter people from trying something new to prevent something is just not good responsibility. It's not good business. No. And I mean, he's losing, he has lost over half his advertising anyway. So obviously he's not doing something right. So hopefully he'll learn. I would say hope. Here's, here's hoping. Here's hoping. And another interesting sports story, UC lost another football coach. Oh, no. Oh, yes. Lou Fickle, um, who helped build up the Bearcat um, sports team and the franchise to make it where it is today, left since the UC Bearcat team and went to Wisconsin. Um, though he is, um, he might regret his decision because um, I read an article recently that where he has to work hard to win over the students at Wisconsin because they're expecting somebody else and not him. So it's going to be very interesting to see what he does. And it's going to be very interesting to see who takes his place at, at UC. I know a number of uh, names have been mentioned in speculation, even Deion Sanders which is an offer from Colorado. And he said he announced that he won't make a decision until Saturday after the game. So um, we'll see what happens with Dion and what he may decide to do. But, you know, Luke Fickle is gone from Bearcat Nation. So we'll see who's going to next lead the UC Bearcats to a winning victory. Yeah, it should be, um, it should definitely be interesting. It's going to be very interesting. I mean, everything... The political world, the health world, the, the social media space, everyone is in turmoil right now with change. And I would say the, the Congress has gone through change with the midterm elections. And the Democrats, um, with Nancy Pelosi stepping down, a few others stepping down from leadership positions, in a historical move, the Dems voted today voted to elect Hakeem Jeffries to lead the House Dems next year, which is a first. But Nancy Pelosi opened the door for the next generation to lead and um, take on the establishment and to get some work done. And so Hakeem Jeffries is the minority whip next year. And um, it's going to be interesting to see what he does. He has won over people with you know what he did with the impeachment process, he's won over people with getting legislation passed. Um, he's very you know, even-handed. He's very level-headed, and a lot of people admire him. Both sides of the aisle admire him. So it's going to be interesting to see how he keeps the Dems united while we watch the GOP and Kevin McCarthy. So it's a very very interesting win um, overall. And that is our chocolate news for today. Okay, thank you, Andrea, for um, that chocolate news. Always appreciate it. My pleasure. So today we have our main topic, which is the Kelly Youth Services. And I want to reintroduce uh, Tiffany Kelly, who's the administrator at the Kelly Youth Services. Thank you, Tiffany, for coming on. Thank you, John, again. Thanks for having us. 
Yep. And I also want to thank Joe Kelly, founder, CEO, and president of the Kelly Youth Services for also coming on. Thank you so much, sir. Absolutely. Thanks for uh, having both of us uh, on the show. Of course. Now, first of all, I just want to ask, what is the Kelly Youth Services? Well, um, Kelly Youth Services, um, after I finished playing the NFL, former Cincinnati Bengal, amongst some other teams, oh, 11 okay. years uh, in the NFL and uh, started, there was a friend of mine that um, I played with on the Jets. Uh, we're both from Los Angeles, California. And, and uh, uh, one year when I was playing for the Raiders, uh, he was working in a group home. And that sparked my interest. And then uh, once I retired, uh, I went and visited a friend out in California and uh, I sort of uh, was mentored uh, by someone out in, in, in Los Angeles uh, that had group homes. And I came back and decided that's what I wanted to do. So just kind of started in the living room and went over some ideas, just natural uh, fit. My family, my father, my uncle, both uh, you know had youth organizations. And I uh, was just, in, in my opinion, it's, just, it's, it's a natural uh, fit, just getting, you know, giving back and working with kids and uh, especially with this population. This is a, you know, tough population. We work with uh, kids who are from nine to 21 years of age and <clears throat> kids that have uh, are, are taking it out of, out of the home because of abuse, neglect, uh, mental health issues, severe trauma, uh, you name it. Uh, we, 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 we have had it uh, come through uh, Kelly Services. Uh, we have five uh, facilities here uh, locally in the Cincinnati area. Um, obviously, the, the facilities are separated. We have uh, uh, two boys facility, one group home, one boys group home, uh, ages uh, nine to to 18 and then we have a boys semi-independent living facility and those are our older boys and they're usually from 16 to 21 and then we have three female facilities we have a, a, a girls girls group home uh we have a, a, a girls uh semi-independent living maternity facility as well uh so here you know we just try to do our part in, in the community, try to uh, do our part with, you know, helping uh, kids that uh, unfortunately or were either raised in, in bad situations or are, are dealing with some, you know, severe uh, issues. Uh, <clears throat> so we, we, you know, that's what we've been, we've been, we've been doing it now. Uh, it'll be 25 years, uh, Cinco de Mayo of 23. Um and uh, we've we've uh, actually touched over uh, or admitted over 2,200 uh, boys and girls that have come through our program. Uh, so you know we just uh, organization want to give back, want to help you know kids uh, become you know viable, self-sufficient uh, adults uh, here uh, in the Cincinnati area. Yeah, of course. Um, so as you just mentioned, you said uh, you're coming up on. 25 years are you guys doing anything special for the anniversary yeah i let my wife take over that Ms. Okay. Tiffany. <laughs> <laughs> yes uh we actually are commemorating and celebrating our 25th year in operation next year with a silver soiree gala um we did the same or a similar event five years ago when we celebrated our 20th um right. that one was more centered around uh honoring the people that had helped to start the organization and um, help to build it to where it is today. Well, this one we are doing as a true fundraiser. So really hoping that we can get the community to come out and support our fundraiser. Um, we haven't done a lot of fundraising over the years, believe it or not, as a 501c3. 
um, because we're licensed by the state of Ohio, but then contracted with all the surrounding counties. So that puts us financially in a position to um, operate and care for our kids, but it's still a lot of gaps, um, you know, as a small nonprofit um, in our budget. So that's what we're going to try and do with this event is to, you know, like I said, make this a true fundraiser. Yeah, I got you. Um, so like, what are some, some, what are some of the events you guys do, you know, to, especially like to raise awareness of this uh, youth service or like, what are some of the things you do for the kids, like any events and stuff? Um, we do an annual uh, teen summit for our kids um, every year where we um, bring in a bunch of different uh, professionals from all walks of life to kind of expose the kids to some of the to some of the different um, working industries that are out there in hopes of sparking their interest. Um, we host that teen summit at um, um, one of the local hotels um, near one of the group homes, and we do that to kind of expose them to just being able to go and stay a night in a hotel, something that um, the majority of our kids have never done. Right. Um, so we use the hotel site for the full event workshops. They have dinner there. They get to stay overnight and have their own room and swim. Um, that's probably one of the largest um, events that we do uh, for the kids throughout the year. But every year we have an annual um, holiday party for our kids. Wow. They adopt a kid or sponsor a kid um, around Christmas time. I'm happy to report this is the fifth year in a row that all of our kids have gotten sponsored uh, for oh. Christmas this year. So wow. that is, That's yes, great. That, is, that yes. is one of the best things for me that you see so many people contacting us and, and wanting to give back to our kids um, during the holiday season. So for many, many years leading up to us doing the annual uh, sponsorship drive uh, joe and i will be at the store shopping for anywhere from 35 to 45 kids you know every year for christmas and so um it's just um amazing to see the amount of support that we get during during the holidays um but we do everything that you do at home or that we do at home for our kids we do the same things for our kids within the group home um, we're the village while they're placed with us and so we want to make sure that in spite of the circumstances they are still exposed to all of the things that every child deserves to be exposed to. But yeah. let me ask you this, you know, we're always hearing about the kids. What are some of the issues that the kids are facing that come to you that we need to be made aware of? Well, I, I can, uh, you know, over the 24, over 24 years, we've, we've had just about every uh, type of situation here. Uh, uh, kids who are physically abused, mentally abused, ki kids who have dual diagnosis, meaning that they have uh, multiple mental health diagnosis, autism, ADHD, you name it. Uh, we've had kids who've been sexually trafficked. Uh, we've had kids who've had drug issues. Uh, we've had kids whose family has suffered uh, uh, homelessness. We've had kids who um, whose families have been decimated, um, you know, with the uh, uh, the drug 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 issues. You name it. We have teen uh, uh, pregnant teens. Um, so at our organization, we we pretty much take take the the entire gamut of of kids. You know, some kids have been sexually abused. Some kids have been unfortunately uh, have been been put in a situation where they have sexually abused uh, someone else. 
so um, not only, you know, Tiffany talked about some of those annual things, but on a day, it's, it's more or less what we do on a daily basis, as opposed to those annual events. We have a full-time psychologist, our kids, uh, they are involved in individual therapy weekly. Uh, they do daily group sessions at each facility. Uh, we have two education uh, um, coordinators who help and facilitate everything from every uh uh, school meeting, IEP meetings, disciplinary uh, meetings at, at school, um, as well as uh, vocational opportunities. They assist them uh, in, in that facet as well. Um, and, and just, uh, you know, staff that is there uh, every day for uh, those daily things. Um, we think about you know, just kids being raised in normal families uh, and our home and, and the issues that they face. So you imagine uh, our kids together with all these different diagnoses in this facility on the daily basis, uh, what they uh, have to deal with. Uh, and that's a, that's, that's a shout out to, you know, everybody that has been a staff member here at Kelly Services uh, that have uh, worked tirelessly uh, with our population. It's, it's a tough population. Uh, you know, it's, and and we, uh, 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 with now being accredited organization, I'll let uh, Tiffany expand on that. Uh, but just you know, having a lot more highly qualified staff, um, you know, that uh, are able to deal uh, with our population of, of of kids that have suffered so much trauma and abuse. Tiffany, you want to expand on the accreditation and all that? Sure. Um, over the last few years, uh, Angie and John. Um, not only has our license uh, been upgraded to be deemed a qualified residential treatment program, but we, we've also received full accreditation through Council on Accreditation. Um, this as a result of uh, a new law that was passed by uh, President Trump when he was in office uh, somewhere along the lines of 2018 called the Family First Prevention Services Act. Um, pretty much what that law was passed to do was to somewhat regulate funding around uh, foster care. Um, and really, I would say weed out some of the bad seeds. Um, so we, we were able to meet all the compliance regulations there, become accredited, and that has now positioned us to not only provide trauma-informed care to all the youth that we serve, but also to um, provide some behavioral and mental health services, some additional mental and um, uh, behavioral health services to our kids. So we, we try to make um, Kelly Youth Services a one-stop shop for our kids. They're getting all the help that they need. We have all the staff um, in position to provide those services. And, and we're doing nothing from here but expanding so that we can provide services for more kids. Do any of the kids ever come back and say thank you? Man, we Joe probably doesn't lose touch with, I would say, 50 to 60% of the kids that leave here. It's no different than when your kids grow up and they still need support and they still need help. That's what we are. Like, like we tell them when they're here, we're a part of their village and we'll continue to be a part of that village. That, that village is your family, um, whether that's blood or not. And mm -hmm. so, yes, we absolutely do. Um, we, we actually have still have two, two clients living with us right now that have been emancipated, but still really don't have anywhere to go. So, you know, since we, they are looking at us as their family and, and that's what we've become, you know, with them um, being placed with us, um, there's no way Joe, uh, Joe's going to say they have to leave. So they're still living at one of our facilities. Um, we're still helping to support them and still trying to get them in a position so that when they do leave, um, that they can be independent and self-sufficient. 
out of curiosity, how emotional is it for a child to be emancipated from their parent and have to, you know, have that foundation to be able to take care of themselves, pay their bills, things like that? How much of a traumatic moment that is that for them um, because they're transitioning from one situation to another? I think that uh, you have to understand that trauma starts way before the emancipation. So when we're talking of them being emancipated, they're being actually emancipated from the custody and the care of, of Hamilton County or one of the local uh, county provide, uh, counties. Uh, so uh, the, the, the trauma comes from them being separated. Some, some, we have some kids that have been in the foster care system since they were two years old. We've had kids that have been, been raised in the foster care system and our kids have been in foster homes, from foster homes to, to group homes, from group homes to residential centers, uh, from residential centers back to group homes. We've had kids, uh, you know, a lot of, you know, really public, really don't know the ins and out. Uh, you have kids that have been adopted by families and thrown back. So here you have families, they adopt a kid and, you know, uh, adopt this kid at four years old. And th at 13, they can't uh, deal with the behaviors or some of the mental health issues they have. And they return them. <laughs> like you go to a department store, you return them to the county. So the county is now in, in charge of trying to find uh, a foster home, a, a, a therapeutic foster home, a group home, or a residential uh, center to that is able to um, deal with that kid's specific needs. Uh, so that's why we try and, and provide all the different services that we have. Um, kids that are uh, they go through the foster care group home uh, system, and then that's where we have our, our semi-independent living facilities that come in place. So in our semi-independent living facilities, we catch them, we, we teach them how to, you know, catch the bus. We teach them how to cook, uh, when, uh, along with trying to make sure they, they stay on, on, on target with their school, uh, help them, uh, you know, attain jobs. Uh, so, you know, I have some kids that have, you know, we have a kid that's in a welding program right now and trying to, you know, we try to uh, um, see what their interest is and, and whatever that interest is, whether or not it's I want to be an electrician, a barber, a beautician, you know, whatever it is, we try and find, you know, that fit uh, for our kids. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, you have to understand, just like uh, in families, kids that, that they finish college, a lot of kids after they finish college, get their degree, they come home and they, they live with their families. Well, you have to say the traumatic part is that most of our kids that are are staying the system long enough to be emancipated from the system they don't have a family a, a brother a mother a father a cousin an aunt an uncle to go back and live with so we try and prepare them we try to teach them how to shop on a budget you know how to fill out job applications how to cook um and if they get in trouble they they get uh you know in in situations uh point them to uh, uh programs that can help them you know with food with housing with jobs and so on and so forth so you know it's it's you're you are in a position to try and teach them coping mechanisms to deal with the trauma and abuse that they've suffered coming into the system. Uh, and every case is, is different. Like I said, there, there are kids that have been raised in a the system. There are kids in the system. We've had kids as long as six years, seven years. We've had them as as, as least as a uh, weekend. Uh, so every kid is different. Every situation is different. Um, and uh, we try to, uh, if, if what despite the level of care, if they're in a group home, that's, that's a, a, a 
uh, uh, more strict uh, level of care than our in the, in the semi-independent living. Um, and they, they require more attention. So uh, at each level, we try to teach them the proper skills in order to get ready for that day uh, that they have to go to court and, and they say that you are emancipated, emancipated because the very next day you are totally on your own. That is amazing um, to think that happens. But I mean, it's, I remember when I first lived on my own and how difficult it was to get used to paying bills on time, being to work on time, being, being responsible for myself. So I can understand it's very, very difficult to make that transition and ease into it and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. And you think some of our, 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 our kids have, have children, some of our girls have children. Uh, so that's even a, a, a bigger burden of, of being emancipated, being on your own with kids and trying to raise kids and work and uh, finding proper daycare and so on and so forth. Uh, but, you know, it, it's 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 a challenge. It's a challenge that we've we've been dealing with for uh, 24, almost 25 years. You know, I, I think we're, we're up for the challenge. And I think we have um, put together a, a tremendous staff. We still have room to hire more and we're looking for more qualified staff all the time. Um, I think we have a, a, a great program, obviously, <laughs> um, uh, but it, it's challenging. You know, you have financial challenges here and there. Uh, uh, we have challenges uh, because uh, a lot of facilities, the kids can be pretty rough. You have to understand with kids with severe mental health issues and uh, boys, uh, we, we go through a lot of a lot of windows. You know, our vehicles, we get a lot of, of our windows in the van uh, busted out with rocks and uh, because kids are um, behaviors escalate to a situation um, that they've, you know, dealing with some of their trauma. Uh, so kids are kids are harder, uh, a lot hard, harder on our facilities. And, you know, we have a full time maintenance crew, but even that uh, sometimes uh, gets uh, overloaded and uh, we get overburdened with trying to uh, make sure that uh, the facilities are, are kept in, in, in uh, uh, very, we just don't want decent facilities. We want our kids to come on and come into a facility and, and live and sleep in a place uh, no different than what we go home and, and where we sleep at, you know, every day. So that's uh, why we are um, uh, gearing up for this gala, the 25th uh, gala, in order to uh, do a fundraiser for our facilities to make some much needed uh, and updated improvements to our facilities. Well, you, you have a tough challenge on you, but I obviously you enjoy what you do. Um, you can see it in your, you hear it in your voice and I see it in your face that, you know, it's a, it's a, a challenge that you love to do to help yeah. the kids. So. Yeah. I, 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 if I wasn't, you know, if I didn't have Kelly service, uh, like I said, I, I, my wife and I met uh, 20 some years ago, uh, Every time I come home, she with and I come visit her. There's always some kids in my car, you know. <laughs> so she's she's kind of gotten used to that over the years, and you know, uh, you know. But it, you know, it is what it is. It's it's about you know giving back. It's about helping, and that's what our organization is. And we we try and and find like minded people that uh, uh, want to join us on on this journey. Of, of of giving back and uh like tiff said you know my phone is the same uh as the, my number is the same as it was in uh, may 5th of 1998 and uh i get calls i get calls weekly monthly um 
you know, with some of our former kids and, you know, help some of our former kids. I've, uh, I've been asked to uh, walk some of my uh, former females and step in as their father when they are uh, getting married. Um, you name it, you know, helping our kids with apartments and furniture and food and clothes. And, you know, here we, we live downtown. So, we, you know, we rerun into some of our kids and, you know, uh, can you, Mr. Joe, cash at me a couple of dollars and need some food, so on and so forth. So, uh, you know, it's, it's um, you know, it, it doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. You know, it's just not an organization. We, we are open 365, seven days a week. We don't close. And kids that leave here, you know, they call us. Uh, six, seven years, eight, nine years later, 10 years later, and uh, they check in and a lot of them just say thanks for, uh, even some of the kids that we unfortunately had to put out, they call back and just say, thank you for the guidance and thank you for trying to help me out. Wow, well, that, that is a, a wonderful thing that you're doing and I appreciate it. And thank you for that, for doing that. Thank you, thanks for having us. Yeah, I definitely applaud what you guys are doing. That's um, that's some very, very noble work. Um, but um, one more question I have before we wrap this up. How can you get involved with uh, Kelly Youth Services? If you want to volunteer or donate or whatever, uh, what can you do? I'll let my wife take care of that. <laughs> <laughs> you can reach us on our website at kellyyouthservices.com. Um, there's information on there about both how to volunteer as well as how to donate. Um, as well as giving you all the information about our residential services, our behavior health, um, what we do in terms of academic enrichment for our youth while they're placed with us, um, as well as we are on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and uh, Instagram. Uh, Kelly Youth Services is our handle on all of our social media sites. Okay, we'll make sure to put that info in the podcast description. Uh, I just want to thank you two for coming on and talking about your organization and best of luck to you guys. All thank right. you both Thanks for very having us. much. Yeah, no problem. So okay. um, that's it for today's show. Andrea, I want to thank you for reading the uh, the chocolate news. Always appreciate it. Oh, it's my pleasure. And once again, I want to thank the Council on Aging for sponsoring this week's episode. And remember, you can find more information about today's topics and past podcast episodes on www.thecincinnatiherald.com, the SESH newsletter, or on our social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And make sure to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast app. Our podcast is on Apple, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Amazon, YouTube, and Google Podcasts. In addition, the Cincinnati Herald is now looking for news distribution and delivery agents. Please contact our publisher, Walter White, at 513-680-7076 for more information. I'm John Alexander Reese. And I'm Andrea Carter. And have a good day. <laughs>